Sunday, May 23, 1954, at 6 p.m. Eastern, the American Forum of the Air signed on Mutual with a discussion of the Supreme Court's decision on Brown versus the Board of Education. On May 17, the court ruled that racial segregation within the U.S. public school system was unconstitutional. It repealed the separate but equal doctrine from 1896. By the early 1950s, the NAACP was filing lawsuits on behalf of plaintiffs in South Carolina, Virginia, and Delaware, with Thurgood Marshall as attorney. In the most famous case, Oliver Brown filed suit against the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas after his daughter, Linda, was denied access to Topeka's all-white elementary schools. Brown claimed it violated the 14th Amendment. This case and four others eventually went before the U.S. Supreme Court in December of 1952. At first, the justices were divided on how to rule. Chief Justice Fred M. Vinson felt the 1896 verdict should stand. But he died in September of 1953, and President Eisenhower replaced him with California Governor Earl Warren. Eisenhower knew this appointment would help overturn the 19th century verdict. In the decision issued on May 17, 1954, Warren wrote that, in the field of public education, the doctrine of separate but equal has no place, and segregated schools are inherently unequal. Days after that decision, there was considerable debate in the media over whether desegregation was fair. In this episode of the American Forum, the debate is between Democrat Senator Paul Douglas of Illinois and Democrat Senator Price Daniel of Texas. Stay tuned for the American Forum of the Air on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company presents transcribed the American Forum of the Air, America's oldest unrehearsed discussion program. This week, the American Forum of the Air presents a discussion of the topic, Is the Supreme Court Segregation Decision Sound? Here with us to discuss this question are Senator Paul Douglas, Democrat of Illinois, and Senator Price Daniel, Democrat of Texas. But before the debate begins, here is a message of importance. The American Forum of the Air's roots were planted in Gimbel's department store in 1928. Gimbel's own WGBS. Theodore Granick, a young law student who worked for Gimbel's, did continuity, wrote dialogue, and reported sports events. He had an idea for a panel discussion on all kinds of legal issues. If you do, when the station was sold, WOR gave Granick a similar job. Those who must learn to walk the American Forum of the Air premiered in 1934. So. By 1943, Several it had become a staple for those looking to stay abreast of socioeconomics and politics. And All this can be possible with your help. The format was tight. Proponents and opponents were allowed an opening statement. Excellent a panel discussion followed, 
Questions were taken from the audience, and closing summations wrapped it all up. It was the only radio show printed verbatim in the congressional record, and it won a Peabody Award in 1949. The founder and moderator of the American Forum of the Air, Theodore Granick, today has asked Stephen McCormick to be guest moderator. Mr. McCormick. We are now on the air, and briefly, for the benefit of our at-home audience, we're discussing the Supreme Court segregation decision. A question from Mr. Scanlon. Senator Daniel, would you agree with some of the more intemperate critics of the court's decision to have announced that in an effort to escape the consequences of the abolishment of the separate but equal doctrine by the Supreme Court, they would take the very drastic step of abolishing the public education system in their respective states. No, I would not, Mr. Scanlon. <clears throat> I believe that the public education systems in our 17 states which have separate schools should be continued. I would not be for abolishing our great public school systems. Do you think that if a state actually took that drastic step that it could stay in that status very long, or would not some enterprising political leader in that state come along and announce that he was for the restoration of the public school system in the state, even if it meant uh, non-segregated education. I imagine we would return to the public school system if it, if it was abolished in uh, one or more of the states. Mr. Griffin, what's your question? Uh, I'd like to ask Senator Douglas a question. In your opinion, do you believe that a majority of Southern Negroes would rather attend non-segregated or segregated schools? Well, I don't know, but it seems to me that uh, anyone resents the idea that they <clears throat> are inferior because of uh, being me a member of a given race. And if you have uh, uh, separate schools, I think the Supreme Court uh, ruled properly that this gave to the Negroes a feeling of inferiority which would handicap them through life. Well, in, in the South, we, the white students attend separate schools. Do yes, you think they, they have a feeling of inferiority? No, they have a feeling of superiority. Uh, it is the uh, race which was formerly enslaved which uh, feels inferior. And segregation was really a continuation of slavery uh, in an attenuated form. <clears throat> Yeah, that is, it was an inheritance of slavery, I well, should say. Uh, the Southern Association for the Advancement of the Colored People says that in a survey conducted over a seven-month period of time, 72% of the colored people in the South desire segregated schools. And, they, and this association also wants these schools kept separate but equal. Well, I can't believe that that... Uh uh, represents the opinion of most of the Negroes, and uh, in any event, the 28%, assuming these figures are correct, the 28% who do not wish to be segregated uh, should have a chance at uh, decent education. Senator Daniel, uh, I'm sure you yes. want to be here. Do you agree with the senator? I, do, uh, I do not agree with Senator Douglas. I believe that a great majority of the members of the Negro race would prefer their separate schools in the southern states. Now, also, it is true in the northern states that many Negro citizens had rather attend separate schools. We do have some figures other than a poll. The latest report uh, shows that 85% of all Negro citizens with college degrees in the United States obtained them in the separate southern schools. Well, 
May I say that so far as college students are concerned, that's because there weren't other opportunities. Well, I beg and your in pardon, in your northern schools, they could have attended I know, your university. It's very expensive to come south. north. But uh, it's very Senator expensive. Douglas, do you think that this is primary, primarily a southern problem due to the many references in the decision as to the unequal facilities provided by the south? Well, it's uh, uh, primarily a southern problem because the majority of the Negroes live in the south and 12 of the 17 states which uh, requires segregation are southern states, but it is not exclusively a, a southern uh, problem. I want to emphasize that. It's a national problem, and we of the North uh, have no desire to make the South the exclusive whipping boy in this affair. What has happened is that we had the evil institution of slavery. Uh, chattel slavery was abolished, but the slaves and the descendants of slaves were still regarded as an inferior uh, race. Now, uh, we do not believe in the caste system in this country, at least the better part of the American spirit does you, not. You agree with this decision? As I certainly do. Well, Senator, we're taught, although I'm not a lawyer, that all decisions handed down by court are based upon judicial history or judicial precedent or by statute or by custom. And this decision... The court seems to me to have merely given their opinion, and this is not based upon any legal reasoning. Well, may I say that uh, it overruled the Plessy versus uh, Ferguson case, but that also was not based on any legal reasoning, because what the Supreme Court said in the Plessy case in 1896 was that uh, the enforced separation of the two races stamps the colored race with a badge of inferiority solely because the colored race chooses to put that construction upon it. Senator, with everyone reaching for court decisions here, I'm a little bit afraid that we're going to take too much time. No, what I'm saying is that the decision now is much better psychology than the decision 1896. Well, there, it is also a psychological decision. Yeah. Mr. Green, can you hold just a minute? Let's have a question on this side of the aisle for right. a moment. Mr. Hollander. Senator Daniel, uh, of course, we of ADA have always been... Uh, advocates of the end of segregation, so we're, we're very happy about this decision, but we realize that there are many good people um, who are not, and who, like yourself, have said, as you said in the Senate the other day, that nevertheless this is the law of the land as it's written, and it's up to the people of the, of the country to, to uh, comply with it and still preserve the values of our public educational system. Don't you have confidence in the good sense and the goodwill of the people in this country, both North and South, to comply with this decision peacefully and in good faith? Yes, uh, that is my hope, that the decision, we can live under the decision and still maintain our public school systems and peace and order. Now, you understand that there are some people in both races, some agitators uh, in both races who may cause trouble. I hope it will not come. I hope that we can work this matter out properly. Before we get too far away from Senator Douglas's charge, though, that separate schools for the races is a continuation or a aftermath of slavery and tied to it, I just want to remind the senator that the separate school system for colored and white students began in Boston, Massachusetts. And in 1849, we find the first decision saying they are constitutional handed down by a Massachusetts court. 
And let me say, well, the South simply followed what the northern states had been doing previously in educating their children in separate schools. And the South found out it worked so well, we've continued it up to this time. Well, may I break in on this point? Because I don't want to get into a uh, North-South battle. The time has passed for that. But just historically, the truth is that uh, it started in the North because schools started in the North. Public schools started in the North. And this uh, decision of 1849 was repealed by the people of Massachusetts in 1853 after a gentleman by the name of Charles Sumner carried on agitation on this point. I'm sorry to say that it has taken over a century for our southern friends to uh, imitate the example of Massachusetts in this degree. Uh, but the southern uh, friends wouldn't agree with you, Senator. Let's find out. No, I, I simply throw that in to... To, uh, and I don't want to start a north-south argument. You but, said you uh, didn't since, want to make the south a whipping boy, Senator. No, and then you say that we, but it was Senator we Daniel haven't followed who started you for 100 years. I beg it your was, pardon. Senator, Senator Douglas started, started this when he said that segregation was an aftermath of slavery yes. and tied to it. And that is simply not correct, in my opinion, because not only did we find Massachusetts until 1855 with the separate school systems, but we found other states in which we had no slavery. Connecticut, for instance, had the separate school system for many years. Illinois still has some separate well, schools not in your many, state. Not many. Indiana, right. Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, and Pennsylvania are states that have had for years separate school systems. Well, so it I'm didn't sure. begin in the South, and it did not start well, uh, as an aftermath well, of slavery. Well, let me clear one point up. Senator has a point to clear up. Go ahead. Uh, namely, that uh, it's unfortunate that uh, many sections of the North which were strong for the abolition of slavery, nevertheless carried over the social attitudes based upon slavery. And that's what I meant when I say that this is a national problem. But we have been gradually curing ourselves of this, and we hope that the whole nation will cure ourselves of it. May I say that India has had the caste system for centuries, with the uh, pariahs uh, treated far worse than the Negroes uh, in the black... in the in the darkest uh, section of the South. Uh, yet India has abolished the caste system by law and is gradually uh, uh, abolishing it.